0: Thank you for joining us for this podcast from College Church of the Nazarene, University Avenue. The following was recorded live on location in Bourbonnais, Illinois. So uh, we have done this morning what we usually do, right? Uh, just another Sunday. But what if today wasn't just another Sunday? I mean, it kind of looks like any other Sunday, I mean, it feels like any other Sunday. The Lord visits with us every week. He is so faithful. And it kind of looks like what we do every Sunday and what we did today. I mean, for example, Steve Cornell arrived at seven o'clock this morning to open the church up and turn on the lights and adjust the thermostat. Seven o'clock he got here. I, Arrived about 7 30 and looked over the message again and edited it again and Ran out of time to edit it uh, Zach Hall comes early every Sunday about 7 o'clock and he walks the, Among the pews picking up anything that anyone left behind Zach would you want to raise your hand every Sunday? Just wants to make sure the sanctuary is worthy of the worship of our Lord Jen arrived to make sure that everything that needed to get done got done. Debbie came next with cinnamon rolls and donut holes and made the coffee and set up the cafe. I mean, we're grateful for that, yes, I think, yes. Scott Kramer came, set up the commons coffee stations. The shavers and spezios took their stations as coffee hosts in the commons. Jeff Bell warmed up the organ along with Brad, who fired up the sound system worship team arrived at between 8 and 8.30 along with the praise band to rehearse, along with the rest of the tech crew, which is a large number of folk. Aaron Meyer came to make sure the bulletins were out and the offering boxes were in their place. Pastor Sherry, of course, was here early making sure the classrooms were ready for the children along with Sarah Christensen and Christine Throop and Jackie Link and all the other children's workers that we have here as was Pastor Joel preparing for the arrival of teens, as was Pastor Jackie preparing for the arrival of Club 56 kids, as was Pastor Zach welcoming the college students back, as was Pastor Jesse and Christine Sunday school teachers showed up, adult Sunday school teachers showed up, Ross Lovett and Ron Dalton and Don Reddick and the Martinsons and the Kerrigans and the Alvarados. So we had Sunday school like we do every Sunday and now we're having church with everyone, plus others I haven't mentioned, all doing their part to provide a morning of worship worthy of our Lord. And so far, it looks like any other Sunday as far as the the early part of this day went and it's also as far as the worship service goes. We began with the responsive reading we sang an eclectic mix of music, as we do, one from 2019, one from 1787, one, yeah, yeah. Gr- a great song, How Firm a Foundation, one of my favorite, Two th- one from 2012, one from 1972, one from 1981, so I think we got all the generations covered here this morning, and of course we do that on purpose. It's not accidental and it's not driven by simply the aesthetic. We do that because music is a language. And we don't wanna exclude anyone from worshiping in their language. As I said, we read a Psalm because that's what the people of God have been doing for 6,000 years. We wanna be in that tradition. We wanna be continuous. And we read an epistle and we read a gospel because that's how we hear from our Lord. And we prayed, of course we prayed, and you're listening to me right now, patiently waiting for me to get to the point. And then we'll receive the sacrament because that's what we do. We embody the nourishment that we need from our Lord and we confess him as Lord in that. So, so far, a pretty regular Sunday, pretty much what we do every Sunday, and, and, and truly on purpose, because God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos, and because the worship service is an opportunity for us to be in communion with him, and all of these are ways that we commune with our Lord in song, and, in, and so it's a conversation. We speak, and the Lord speaks, and we speak, and the Lord speaks. And because the worship service ought to be formational, this is a discipleship worship service. How we worship here at College Church is designed so that we might know better how we are to be followers of Jesus Christ. Thus, in particular, the scripture readings. So we did today what we do. But what if today wasn't just another Sunday in spite of it appearing to be so far? What if today is a Sunday that changes the trajectory of your life? What if today is a Sunday that you will never ever forget? What if today is a Sunday that will redefine who you understand yourself to be? What if today wasn't just another Sunday? Now I guess every Sunday has that possibility regardless of what we have planned. Because God sometimes surprises us by showing up, showing up in places and in ways that we never anticipated or expected. And the truth be told, even though I'm asking you this question, what if today wasn't just another Sunday, suggesting that it might not be just another Sunday, truthfully, you can't really program God no matter how hard you try. You can't really manipulate God into doing what you think God ought to be doing. You can't micromanage God as much as we'd like to try. God always reserves the right to be the God. I mean, that's what the prohibitions against taking God's name in vain and making of idols were all about. It was God saying, don't try to put me in your pocket. Don't form me into your image. And don't invoke my name to get what you want. Don't be doing that. Don't try to manipulate me. That's pretty important. Verses to heed. God doesn't take kindly to being used. So God always reserves the right to be God. So for example, when we pray, we're never demanding. And we're not bargaining. And we're not cashing in chips as if he owes us. No, we're always only asking, trusting. Those of us who know God well know that God always reserves the right to be God. I am who I am. I will be who I will be, said God to Moses when Moses asked him his name. With all that said, Regarding God's prerogative to do what God does when God does it. I'm still going to ask what if today? Was not just another Sunday? What if today is a Sunday that changes the trajectory of your life? What if today is a Sunday that you will never ever forget? What if today is a Sunday that will redefine how you understand yourself to be And It could happen But the reason I'm suggesting that this morning That today might not just be another Sunday is because of the gospel Because the day that we read about this morning, Jesus with his disciples in Caesarea Philippi, that day wasn't just another day. That was a decisive, defining, reorienting, transformative day. Now I will grant that there were many days with Jesus that were not like any other day. I mean, think of what we have just read in the last three weeks. The feeding of 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish, that certainly wasn't just another day. And then Jesus sending his disciples out into the storm while he went up on the mountainside to pray with him coming to them, walking on the water. That wasn't just another day. And then Jesus leaving Israel, going to Tyre and Sidon, healing a Canaanite woman who wouldn't take no for an answer but revealed greater faith than even the Jewish disciples that certainly wasn't just another day so I'll grant that there were a lot of not just another ordinary day with Jesus and those disciples but this day recorded in Matthew 16 was an extra special not just another ordinary day and there's no way it couldn't be another ordinary day because on this day Jesus confronted his disciples with the question of who he was. This day, Jesus made it unlike any other day. Those disciples had heard him teach. They had seen him, his miracles. They had worshipped him, and, and, and at times pretty overwhelmed by what they had heard and seen. I mean, they knew he was not like any other man. Furthermore, people were speculating about who Jesus might be. Was Jesus John come back from the dead? Was Jesus the prophet Elijah who was foretold to come? Is this another Jeremiah? And so Jesus asked his disciples that question. Who are people saying I am? And they told him, some say John, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah. And then Jesus made this day not just another day by asking his disciples not what others were believing, but what they were believing. Jesus pressed his disciples to answer the question regarding who they believed he was. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? Jesus asked his disciples just the most important question they would ever be asked. Jesus asked his disciples just the most important question they would ever answer. And the place Jesus asked it was not accidental. Where Jesus chose to make this day not just another ordinary day was Caesarea Philippi. The very edge of northern Palestine, still Israel, but barely, as far north as you could go and still be in Israel. And Caesarea Philippi was a city built by Herod, the Herod who was king when Jesus was born, built in honor of Augustus Caesar, and subsequently named Caesarea Philippi by Herod's son, Philip Herod, who was ruler at the time Jesus was there. Thus the name of the town after Caesar and after Philip Herod, Caesarea Philippi. And because it was built as a city for the Roman Emperor, Herod built a magnificent temple of white marble in honor of Caesar. Because the Caesars claimed themselves to be like the gods. And because of that there was a temple to Caesar as God in Caesarea Philippi. That's not all. Herod built a temple to honor the Greek god Pan whom the Romans had appropriated. Pan was the god of shepherds, of livestock, of hunting and of fertility. So there were two magnificent temples built to gods other than the God who is. And it was there. In the shadow of those rival gods that Jesus asked his disciples who they believed him to be. It was there in the shadow of the rival gods that Jesus asked his disciples to whom their allegiance would be. And I want to say, that's no ordinary day. That's a big deal day. Jesus made that day, not just another day. That's a bigger day than the day on which you witnessed 5,000 being fed. And that's a bigger day than the day on which you witnessed Jesus walking on the water. And that's a bigger day than the day on which a Canaanite woman's daughter was healed. Because the answer to that question, who do you say I am, changes the trajectory of your entire life. Because the answer to that question changes who you are. So Jesus, midway through his ministry, on the eve of changing the direction of his life, Jesus, who would now leave Galilee for Jerusalem to go to the cross, in the shadow of the temples to culture and power, Jesus forced the issue and asked his disciples who they believed him to be. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Peter, speaking for the group, answered, confessed what was true. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And folks, that confession changes everything. Now one of the reasons I know the power of Jesus' question and the power of that answer is because Jesus asked it of me. Some of you know this story. It won't take me long to tell it. I beg your patience for those who already know it, but it's my story, so here you go. I'm in Hills Hall, room 308. Maybe it was 314, doesn't matter. Third floor, my room overlooked College Church. I could see the steeple. I'm memorizing Matthew 16 for, I don't know, class or something, I don't know why I was memorizing it. Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? I'm memorizing it in King James Version English because that's the easiest to memorize in, it really is. It's poetic. And I'm memorizing it as an academic exercise. And in the middle of this academic exercise of memorizing scripture, the Lord said, okay, this is no longer an academic exercise. I'm asking you now. I'm not, I I know what Peter said. I wanna know what you said, what you say. And the Lord in that room in Hills Hall, as a sophomore in college, the Lord asked me, who do you say I am? I've been raised in church. I mean, I thought I knew who Jesus was. I did know who Jesus was. But that was the first time he pressed the issue. He, I mean, it was no avoiding the question. It was no more customary Christianity, cultural Christianity. It was now, what is your relationship to me? Who do you say I am? And I got quiet, I I was confronted by the living Lord. And I said, I cannot deny that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that changes everything. It changed the trajectory of my life, it changed around whom I would live my life. I mean, if Jesus, the first century Jewish rabbi, living in Palestine, is the God incarnate, is God in God's fullness, then nothing is the same after that. And I realized that my life would have to be oriented around that confession, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. It was no longer my life to live, it was now Christ's life to live in me. I know the power of the question and I know the power of the answer. And I cannot begin to imagine what my life would have been like had I not answered what was true. You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. I don't remember the date, but I remember the day. So as I was thinking about this text and remembering that decisive, defining, reorienting, transformative, not just another day, day in my life. It occurred to me that that was not the only time the Lord has asked that of me. I mean, it was the first that I remember so distinctly. And as I said, I'll never forget it. I can remember it clearly. I mean, my heart gets beaten a little bit faster just thinking about it. But today, on this apparently ordinary Sunday, in which we just did what we do, I want to say that that was not the last time the Lord asked me who I thought he was. He asked it of me again. Now, it wasn't exactly that question, but it was a variation on the theme. Subsequently, it has been more along the lines of, Mark, what about you? Do you still say who you said I was. Are you still believing that I am the Christ, the Son of the Living God? And he's asked me that question a number of times. Do you still say who you said I was. Are you still believing that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God? And I want to tell you this morning, every time, I give, every time I'm given an opportunity to answer that question, yes, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that confession, that answer is still decisive and defining and reorienting and transforming. I'll give you an example. Some of you know that we pastored in Belleville, Illinois. Some of you know that. I guess it was Belleville, Belleville. Not Bellevue. It's not Bellevue. It's Belleville. Beautiful city in French. German community with a French name. I don't get it. Pastored there 23 years. Loved pastoring there. Hard work. Pastoring is hard work. Hung in there for 23 years. All the vicissitudes of pastoring a single church for 23 years. But uh, we had worked hard, and the Lord had been so faithful. And as far as we knew, we were going to die in Belleville, Illinois, pastoring that church. That was our thought. We were buying cemetery plots in Belleville. We were. Okay, this is where we are. And the church was just doing so many great things, and they still loved us. They still believed in my leadership after 23 years, which was quite amazing. And then Olivet calls and said, yeah, we want you to come to Olivet and be a professor at Olivet. And I blew Olivet off. No, sorry. I'm here in Belleville and we're dying in Belleville. And this is my church and I'm leaving my church and I'm not leaving my family. I'm not leaving this place. And I just blew him off. I really did. Almost disrespectfully. I kind of, ha, No. And the Lord said, you know, every now and then you ought to check with me before you give those kinds of answers. (laughs) And I said, "Why? I don't need to. I know the answer. And he said, yeah, but just check. Just check. I said, well, the answer is obviously no. You've called us to Belleville. I'm not leaving the pastoral ministry to become a professor. I'm not wearing jackets with things on their arm. I'm not riding a scooter to school. I'm not going to do that not going to be a professor that doesn't do it just only talks about it and the lord said yeah well maybe you are and i remember wrestling with the lord over that it's so easy for the gift to become an idol it's so easy for the gift to become an idol and i remember my office Lord well, said okay am i still Well, Christ am i still your lord is your life still oriented around me or is it now oriented around you it felt like i was dying and I remember saying, "Lord, I gave, I gave you, I did this 25 years ago. I shouldn't have to do it again. It felt like I was dying. You're, you're pulling away, um, me away from the community I love. And then I said, I confess to you as the Christ as my Lord almost 30 years ago. I'm not about to take that back. I gave you my life then, it's still yours. Now folks, that wasn't just another day. That day that I confessed again Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God, was again decisive, defining, reorienting and transformative thus me at Olivet for the time that I was there and I can't tell you how many times the Lord has asked me to confess Him as Lord again Uh, those days are not just like other ordinary days, those days are life changing days, those days are reorienting days those days are defining days, those days are transformative days you're the Lord You're the Christ. So what if today wasn't just another Sunday? The reason I'm asking that question is because I'm going to ask you another one. I'm going to ask you what Jesus asked of his disciples on that not just another day. In Caesarea Philippi, I'm going to ask you what Jesus asked of me and has asked of me more than once. I'm going to ask you what in truth Jesus asks of everyone, whether or not they're listening. He asks it of everyone, which could make today not just another Sunday, but rather a defining, decisive, reorienting, and transformative day. So here's what's true there are some of us here maybe many of us here who haven't made I'm sorry let me start over there are some of us here maybe many of us here who have made that confession and make that confession often and are living the truth of it and so you will say what you have never stopped saying you are the Christ the Son of the Living God But there is still value and power in confessing it again and letting our Lord know it's still true. There may be some of us here who made that confession at one time, but you really haven't made it recently. And this morning, because I'm gonna press the issue, you're going to have to consider again the question do you still believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God and so you will say what you really need to say again you're the Christ the son of the living God so for some today there might be a bit of return to Jesus as the Christ But then there may be others here today who have never confessed Jesus as Lord, Jesus as the Christ. This would be the first time, which means this Sunday will for sure not be like any other Sunday because you will say for the first time, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And that confession, every time it is confessed, changes everything. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask, and you can confess it where you are sitting. But knowing some of you, you're not going to be able to stay seated when you confess it. Some of you will stand as you confess it. But for some, they want to be as bold as Peter, and they'll want to come to the altar as a public confession of Jesus as the Christ. So what if today wasn't just another Sunday? What if it was a Sunday that just changed your life? Sunday you'd never forget here's the gospel when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. We're going to sing Cornerstone. Are you ready? What about you? do you say he is you've been listening to a podcast from College Church of the Nazarene University Avenue if you care to join us for worship we meet each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at 200 University Avenue in Bourbonnet, Illinois we also offer a full range of activities classes small group meetings and events throughout the week For a complete list of what's going on at College Church or for more information on how you can get involved, please go to www.collegechurch.org.